AT&T Threat Track is a roundtable discussion of the latest network security trends and news conducted by AT&T data security analysts. Complete video of this show is available at techchannel.att.com. When I first heard about the, the SHA-1 attack, um, my first initial reaction was, I have more questions. So it looks like some researchers uh, from Google and a, a university in the Netherlands were able to find a way to get two PDF files to hash to the same exact SHA-1 hash. Again, in theory, we have had this sort of attack since around 2005, but no one had actually proven it out. If you can break a cryptographic hash, obviously you can impersonate you know, a file. You can use uh -huh. one file in the place of the other one, or you can you can fake a uh, cryptographic signature on like a certificate or things so like that. So this is something that's been kind of theorized for a while. That SHA, oh, yeah. I mean, we've been talking about depreciating SHA-1, and, and so this is a case where they're really doing something, taking it to the next level. They took a PDF, portable document format, it's been around for years. Adobe created it a while back, I believe. And within that, they included a JPEG file, which is you know image data. It's a picture of something. You've got this JPEG header. Like this mm -hmm. is a JPEG inside a PDF. And that's how they managed to break it with this very controlled format. And you can take a look at the PDFs and you can see, you know, one has a red background, one has a blue background. And that's the only visible difference, but there's more going on inside of the file. I mean, I mean there's no question that what they're demonstrating is that what was previously theoretical becomes more practical. But I'm a little uneasy about calling it a practical attack. The demonstration that they provided is a practical demonstration, but in a very limited context. And so I think it's really important to take the context into account. In this case, it's replicating a document. So if you wanted to forge a document, that's one thing. But in many cases where SHA is used, like say SSL certificates, yep you'd have to have a real-time attack. They've demonstrated a practical hash collision. You still don't necessarily have a practical attack that can be conducted. We should inspire more organizations to make sure they get it phased out, but I wouldn't be panicking, in my opinion. Fair <laughs> what do you think? Do you, do you agree? I, I do agree, um, although I think that we've had enough warning about SHA-1 that I, this is maybe too late to be saying it, but I think most people should have moved off of it by now. To me right now, if someone came out and was able to do this with any other kind of document, maybe if they could do it with a, a certificate, like a X509 certificate for, um, for like a website, that would be a big deal for me, you know, to show that I can do this attack and it's not constrained to a particular file format that I have very strict control over, that's a huge deal. So when I first saw the report, the Akamai report, I was thinking this really validates all the stuff we've been talking about on the show for at least the past year ourselves. So uh, I'm kind of curious, have you looked at the report? And yeah, and it does kind of, like you said, validate a lot of stuff that we've been seeing mm -hmm. um, and that we talk about week after week uh, repetitively, but they kind of distill <laughs> it all down into a nice summarized are we, report. Are we gonna repeat it again? We probably week? will. <laughs> okay. But, um, <clears throat> you know, unsurprisingly, they mention uh, DNS and NTP up near the top in terms of being part of reflection distributed right. service. And then that UDP fragment is really the largest one. Mm -hmm. As we know, those things can kind of generate UDP fragments. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, as, as far as I'm aware, most of it is because of the DNS activity using the, uh, right. the EDS well, zero extension. Is that right, Nimrod? Among other things, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it, it lets the, the extensions let you do a lot of different uh, tricks with DNS, including uh, putting the original host uh, requester in the, the query 
Um, so you can do better um, geolocation, things like that. But um, but but it does cause you know bigger packets, bigger responses, bigger queries. EDNS zero is actually an extension that was put on DNS to facilitate implementation of DNSSEC, which is really you know a capability to be able to assign DNS responses and improve the security, the you know your ability to trust DNS responses. I guess the one other thing from the report that I thought was interesting, they do have a, a section with a bar chart here that shows DDoS attacks greater than 300 gigabits mm -hmm. uh, between mid-2014 to uh, the end of 2016. And uh, it includes the Mirai, Bill Gates, Botnet, Kaiten, XOR, which we just talked about, mm -hmm. and Spike um, involved. And those are all IoT-based botnets. Mm -hmm. They, they really dominated in terms of um, uh, their impact in the entire report uh, of what was contributing to most of the DDoS attacks. So there's no other botnets that have generated more than 300 gigabits of traffic other than IoT-based, these little embedded Linux-based botnets. So it's really, you know, kind of letting you know that this is the problem space right now. You know, when we talk about IoT devices, whether you're referring to Internet of Things or an Internet of Toys, you still have to have security controls on those devices. And so uh, if the passwords don't get set, it doesn't matter what security features are in there. A default password is going to get compromised. The Internet Weather Report is actually, I think, one of the most valuable uh, parts of the show. It gives users a really good perspective of what's been going on, on the Internet, because we actually do have really good visibility of, in general, what's been going on on the Internet. Even though we don't see all of it, we see a really good representative sample. I wanted to just give you a little idea of what's been going on for the last week or so here, John. All right. And uh, not really any significant surprises. It's interesting that port 53 UDP jumped up a, a right. several slots over the last week here. You know, I took a look at that, and it really wasn't anything significant. It might have been just uh, sort of the luck of the draw, because it is kind of pretty spiky, that activity, okay. the scanning activity on port 53. But, you know, as we've been seeing for weeks and weeks and weeks now, port 23 at the top of the list. You know, I think the uh, that Akamai State of the Internet report right, also sort of okay. uh, indicated the same thing. I, we'll take a look at it a little bit later. but We're seeing the same kinds of things other people are seeing, and hopefully... We give you, since we do this every week, we give you a little bit more of an in-depth analysis uh, than they can cover in a once-a-year report. Looking at the most uh, sources doing the probing, wow, port 23 way up there. Even though we've seen a significant reduction in the number, you know, the, just the quantity of sources that are doing the probing and the number of probes, at, uh, port 23 is still way up at the top here. And then uh, notice here on port 22, that's SSH, that's jumped up. About 10 spots. Yeah. There are a lot of IoT devices that um, are have not yet been scooped up mm -hmm. on SSH, and maybe that's what's driving that's some of that. Out. Yep. All right. So let's take a, a look at. So this is scan sources on port 53. So what I've done here is I cheated a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, I have averaged this data over 48 hours because it's okay. really, really spiking. So right. you can kind of see, and this is looking over 90 days, but you can kind of see where there's a, been an increase in activity over the yeah, last the several weeks, days. So, yeah, past couple week weeks, or so. maybe, yeah. And, uh, but it's not, I mean, I, I don't know that anybody would behave any differently. I mean, you really have to pay attention to when you put DNS servers on the internet. Right, you don't want to be a recursive resolver on the internet because right. you just open yourself up to be part of reflective denial of service stacks. Right, right. And, you know, authoritative servers, by definition, have to be on the internet. 
Right. But, uh, but there should only be authoritative, or they should only be answering DNS queries for right. domains that they're authoritative for, which should Absolutely. be a small, uh, it depends on who you are, but relatively small pool. All right. One thing to pay attention to from this week's internet weather report, it's probably the same thing I would say every week or for the past about half a year is all this telnet scanning and SSH scanning Pay close attention. Looking at port 22, you know, we noticed that this one, this is the number of sources that uh, are, are scanning on port yes, 22. Looking over the last 120 days, so it's essentially four months of activity here. And you can see it's really jumped up again. And, you know, if we go back further in time, I had taken a look at that. And this is really where we see this in around, this was around January 13th or so where it's kind of, it kind of peaked out and we see this resurgence of activity. Mm -hmm. So somebody's really out Yeah, somebody just triggered it up again since yep. like three or four days ago, mm -hmm. it looks like. Comparatively speaking, compared to the port 23 activity, we're only looking at, you know, what, 11,000 sources in a right. given hour, but it's still a significant number and, uh, you know, pretty aggressive activity. So I thought I'd take a little closer look. This one, we just happen to have just short of 8,000 sources map them out. It's interesting here. It looks like in... Uh, There's a little hot spot there in yeah, South America. Little, right. Is this that? is, uh, I think that's Ecuador. Okay. Is that right? And um, so that was interesting. It was a little hot there, pretty hot over in uh, actually the northern coast of China and perhaps Japan and uh, really high density in Europe here and in India. A little less so than you might expect in the United States, comparatively speaking. Right, Particularly right. since we're really kind of looking at it from a U.S. point of view in terms of our I keep data. waiting to see like Antarctica show up. I just need a dot on there. We never see, we never see scan sources uh, we, we never north or south of uh, We occasionally see something pole. from Alaska, yeah. it's very rare. Looking at 7547, you know, this is the one that was attributed to that outage with Deutsche Telekom right. at the end, end of November. You know, one of the things I've noticed with this is that when it started out, it appeared to be very specific bots that were doing it, and I think it was really kind of a botnet of its own. Now we're seeing an awful lot of those devices that if they're scanning port 7547, they're also scanning port 23. Yep. And so I, I think it's, uh, I don't think you can necessarily use the fact that they're scanning on this port to say it's a CPE device that's been compromised. No, I don't think so necessarily, um, but it's definitely, there's a lot of IoT mm -hmm. bots involved it's in scanning. It's definitely in that yeah, yeah, IoT botnet yeah. category for sure. And then this is that 5358 activity, and I think we were looking at it's this still a mystery better. to me um, yeah. what the real intent here is. And, you know, like I said, I think I said last week um, that there is some number, a couple thousand of squid mm -hmm. proxies in the U.S. listening on this port. Um, and it's most well known as this web services for devices, the SSL version of it, their secured mm -hmm. port. But there really are, I mean, I don't think there's any exploits known. And I haven't been able to capture in our sinkholes or honeypots any of this traffic. So yeah. I'm still not sure what the intent is. But when yeah. you look at the scan sources, it's definitely more IoT stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Still IoT, junk IoT scanning and, for this. You know, the, it, it's basically what web, web services for devices. API or something like right. that. Right, it's a so, window, Microsoft yeah. Windows thing. Yeah, it, it's interesting the way this ramped up here. I mean, it, this is a sort of the, what we typically look for in botnet activity is yeah. a case where it looked like perhaps some experimentation around, yep. you know, just around Christmas time to 
um, the early January, a pause where they went off and said, you know, let's look at what data something. we got. <laughs> right, look at what data we got, what you know, kinds of things we could do with it. And then it looks like there's a ramp up activity and then a saturation point. So it's kind of suggestive of an indication that, you know, they're doing something, you know, building a botnet on this, but uh, really we haven't. Like yeah. the 7547, we kind of understand what was going on there. Mm -hmm. This I'm not quite sure yet that I get it, but um, yeah. maybe someday soon, hopefully. Yep, yeah, hopefully. And I guess the last thing I wanted to just share with you, this is looking at the last two years of activity associated with reflective DDoS activity. Right. Now, it's not absolutely exclusive, but when you t put it into perspective, there's the volume of activity that's here. It's the DDoS activity that really, uh, you know, basically trumps other things. Right, so because trumps we're looking all the legit at, stuff. Right, we're looking at, uh, in, in, most of where the legit activity is in DNS. So um, this top, band here, that's fragmented packets, so mm -hmm. uh, it, it would be a case where DNS responses were too big to uh, fit into a single packet, so they get split into multiple packets and they show up basically as fragmented packets. Right. And then this next band here, the dark green, is uh, DNS activity, right. and that's followed by uh, NTP, right. which is a good, you know, it's a good sign this has been tailing off, uh, the NTP uh, attack activity. And then uh, character generator is next, that's port 19 UDP. And then the red band at the bottom here is uh, actually um, 1900 UDP, which is that uh, simple service discovery right. protocol. This activity generally has been tailing off since, you know, basically the middle of the year last year. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because the botnet activity, which the IoT botnets, you know, they really started building around May. What I think has happened is the IoT botnets have become so big that they don't really have to use reflective attack vectors anymore. Right. They can just They've use got the enough devices, devices use the, the old school the internet. sin flooding and yep. things like that. So uh, this slightly more complex type of attack where you have to be able to do spoofing, you have to have servers to reflect off of, uh, they've kind of become out of favor in favor of just compromising right. why, more and more. IoT why bother devices. with the headache of trying to assemble a list of all these devices I can reflect off of mm -hmm. if I could just send the packets right to where yeah. I want to you know, target. So that's it. Anything else that you expected to see? No, but it's pretty much it, what we've been seeing. So. It'd be nice to see the botnets go away. Yeah, that would be, if it could keep going down and down and shrink down to nothing, yeah. this report, that would be good. Yeah, that'd be, a, that'd be a start anyway. We're working there. You know, I think probably the most important thing to consider here and through all of the things that we've discussed, don't go by the headline, learn something about the details, make a good judgment about what the response really needs to be made before uh, jumping to any conclusions.